Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. This is the final uh, message in a series on the Holy Spirit. We have dealt with the question, who is the Holy Spirit? Then we talked about what has the Holy Spirit done and what is the Holy Spirit doing in our lives today. Last week we talked about what it meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this morning I want to deal with a final question, which I think is a very important question, and that is, how do I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to me? How do you know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? All right, John 14, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said, All this have I spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. A Pentecostal writer, Charles Karen said this recently, he said, one of the tragic losses in modern Christianity is the near elimination of the Holy Spirit from the life and activity of many believers. I wonder if the Holy Spirit were to be removed from your life, how much of your life would go on interrupted? I wonder. Dr. A.W. Tozer, who was a great scholar Christian scholar in the 20th century in around the Chicago, Illinois area, he he made a great statement recently. He said uh, in one of his uh, books, he said, if the Holy Spirit were taken away from the New Testament church, from the New Testament church, the early church, 90% of what they did would come to a screeching halt. If you took the Holy Spirit away from the early church, 90% of what they did would come to a screeching halt. By contrast, he said, if the Holy Spirit were taken away from today's church, more than 90% of its work would go on as if nothing happened. You think that's true? You think it's maybe true that so much of what we do today as Christians and as churches is done without the anointing of God's Spirit. I hope it's not 90% of what we do, but I don't know but what it could very well be that if the Holy Spirit were removed from us, so much of what we do would still go on because we don't really do it with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, with with the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. How do you know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? I want to talk about that this morning. And I want to make a, a, a preface statement to this message. And here's the preface statement that I want to make. Discerning the voice of the Spirit is not easy. It is a very complicated thing. It's a difficult thing, discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit. And there are three reasons that I can think of that it is difficult to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. And the first one is that our human desires get in the way. In fact, I I submit to you that the majority of times when people come to me and they say, the Holy Spirit has told me to do thus and so, the majority of the times what has really happened is those folks really, they desire to do something and they have desired it so much that they have convinced themselves that it is the Holy Spirit who is leading them to do it. And so they just do it because they believe the Holy Spirit is leading them to do it. But in reality, it's their desires. 
We all have this problem. I have this problem. It is very difficult to differentiate between what I desire to do with all my heart and what the Holy Spirit actually is leading me to do. Sometimes they are the same, but quite frequently because of my sinful nature and your sinful nature, what, what our desires want to do and where our desires lead us is totally different from where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Now, we shouldn't feel... Uh, too bad uh, about that because that can happen to some of the, the heroes of our faith. In fact, the Apostle Paul ran into a problem distinguishing between what he wanted to do versus what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do. And sometimes he wanted to do some things that were good, but the Holy Spirit did not want him doing those things. The Holy Spirit wanted him doing something else. Let me show you a place where, where just that uh, kind of case happened with the Apostle Paul. Acts chapter 16 Beginning with verse 6, Acts 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions travel throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Watch this. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Paul wanted to preach the gospel in the province of Asia. The Holy Spirit said, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to go somewhere else. And so there is a prime example of where Paul wanted to do one thing, but... The Holy Spirit was wanting him to do something else. Let's read a little bit further. When they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. What about that? There's a classic, two classic illustrations of Paul wanted to go one way, the Holy Spirit was leading him in a different way, and the way that he wanted to go, there was nothing wrong with it. It was a good thing to preach the gospel to some folks, but... What made it wrong is the Holy Spirit was leading him in a different direction. So, they passed by Messiah, went down to Troas during the night. Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Discerning the voice of the Holy Spirit is difficult because our own selfish desires too often get in the way. Another reason why it is difficult to discern the Holy Spirit is because there are other spirits in existence that mimic or copy the Holy Spirit but are not Holy Spirits. You believe that? The Bible says that. Listen to what John says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. He says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's only one Holy Spirit, one Holy Spirit who is the third person of the, of the Godhead. We have one God who reveals himself as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But there's only one Holy Spirit. But there are many other spirits in existence who we cannot see, who imitate, copy, and mimic the Holy Spirit to such an extent that they often look like the Holy Spirit, feel like the Holy Spirit, smell like the Holy Spirit, sound like the Holy Spirit, and we're convinced that they are the Holy Spirit when indeed they are not. And they are so similar at times to the Holy Spirit that God's own word says you need to test them to see which ones are from God. One of the things that happens when we get uh, touched by the Holy Spirit is it, it, sometimes it just sends chills 
throughout, throughout your body, up and down your spine sometimes. I remember growing up, I would, I would hear a, a, a great gospel song that praised Jesus, or there'd be a, a, a point in a sermon that just really powerfully affected me, and I would feel the tingling of God's Holy Spirit. Well, I played in a rock band during the 70s. And uh, it was not a Christian rock band. It was a rock, 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 rock band. And one of the songs we played was by one of my favorite bands, still is one of my favorite bands. It was a, a band called REO Speedwagon. I love REO Speedwagon, right? Well, my favorite song by them is a song called Riding the Storm Out. And it starts out with, a, with this big emergency siren. And, and right, about the, right about the time the siren hits a climax, it goes into these powerful guitar chords. I mean, and I was playing drums for this band, and I would sing Riding the Storm Out, whenever we would play at dances in different places. And I was so excited about this song. It was my favorite song that we, that we would play, that when the siren would go off, we had a siren that would go off over the loudspeaker, and when our lead guitar hit the guitar licks, I mean, my spine would just tingle with adrenaline. And one day, I got to thinking about it. I got to thinking, you know, the feeling that I get when our, bland, our band plays uh, Riding the Storm Out by REO Speedwagon, is, is very, very similar, if not identical, to the feeling I get sometimes in church when I feel the Holy Spirit. But guess what? It was not the Holy Spirit I was feeling when we were playing Riding the Storm Out. <laughs> it was not the Holy Spirit. But the feeling I got was very, very similar, if not identical. So we need to be very careful about our feeling the Holy Spirit, to make sure that the, that, that the feeling that we have, the sensation we have, is truly the Holy Spirit. Discerning the, Spirit, the Spirit's voice is difficult because of our selfish desires, difficult because there are other spirits that copy the Holy Spirit. And, and third and finally, discerning the Holy Spirit is difficult because, get this, the Holy Spirit doesn't say very much. He's not a very talkative person. Now, some of you may have read otherwise or you may believe otherwise. I challenge you to read through the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, and just have a little tablet beside you and make a note of every place where it says, the Holy Spirit said, and then, and then uh, the Holy Spirit, it says the Holy Spirit said something to someone. There are places there, by the way, but they are very infrequent. They are the exception rather than the rule. And so the Holy Spirit doesn't say a whole lot. He's not a gossiper. He's not a talker. He's not somebody that, that manipulates a conversation. He, he sits often or stands in a room and he will listen to you. And very rarely does he speak. When he does speak, he has something extremely important to say. And it's always worth listening to. But he very rarely speaks. And so when I have somebody, and occasionally I do have people to come up to me, and it seems every time I see them, if it's on a weekly basis or a daily basis, they come up to me, and in the course of the conversation, they will say to me, God told me, and then they go on and on. And, and now, I get that. If on a rare occasion, somebody that I see a lot of times, on a rare occasion, they come up to me and they say, boy, Jimmy, I just felt like God was saying thus and so to me. But for somebody to come to me and almost every time they turn around or almost every time I see them, it's God told me this and God told me that. Immediately, I'm going to be suspicious and I'll tell you why. Because if God didn't, if, if God's Holy Spirit didn't talk that often to people in the Bible like Paul and Moses and folks like that, why is he going to talk to you that often? <laughs> fact of the matter is he won't. He doesn't talk that often. But when he talks, very important. But the fact that he doesn't talk often, and the fact that our selfish desires get in the way, and the fact that there are other spirits that are not holy who mimic the Holy Spirit, make it increasingly difficult for us to discern the voice 
of the Spirit. But the Spirit does speak, and so it's important for us to be able to distinguish the Holy Spirit's voice when He speaks to us. Because it's wonderful, and you and I need to be aware of when the Holy Spirit speaks, because in the day in which you and I live, when we encounter God... The person of the Godhead we will encounter almost universally will be God, the Holy Spirit. And so it's very important that we understand something about when the Holy Spirit speaks. So let me give you some guidelines as to, as to how to determine when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. First of all, you need to know that the Holy Spirit speaks through various instruments. He speaks through various instruments. He speaks first and foremost through Scripture. You see, you, know, you want to know one of the reasons why the Holy Spirit doesn't say a whole lot today? Because the Holy Spirit inspired the writers of Scripture to write down what is today our Bible, the 66 books of the Old and New Testaments. And so most of the, the talking God wanted to do, the most important things He said to anybody anywhere, He's inscripturated them, that is, He's written them in His Word. And so there's nothing that that God is going to say to us today that will ever be as important as what He said in His Word there and then, okay? And so the Holy Spirit, when you and I are reading the Bible and there's something in a passage of Scripture that just moves you, it just immediately you, you just feel God speaking to you through that passage of Scripture, that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you because the Holy Spirit speaks through Scripture first and foremost. Second, the Holy Spirit also can speak through sensations, experienced through your mind and your heart. When Miss Renee was talking to the kids, she related some experiences of folks in our church, and Renee called them urges, urgings, that uh, someone was going down the road and they felt a sudden urge to do something or to say something or to speak to somebody, an urging. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about a sensation that we feel in our heart, And we sense it in our mind. The Holy Spirit speaks often through those things. But this is where we must be careful, ladies and gentlemen, because we also, our selfish desires are also felt in our heart and we sense them in our mind. So this is the point where you have to be very careful to distinguish between what the Holy Spirit is saying versus what our own selfish desires are trying to convince us to do or to think, okay? But the Holy Spirit does speak through Scripture, through the sensations that you have in your mind and your heart, and then also the Holy Spirit sometimes speaks through other people. You've probably had this uh, experience. I'm sure you probably have. I have, I mean, I'll I'll be at a certain point in my life and, and God sends somebody, to me, and, and he has placed a message on their heart just for me, and they have struggled with it because they want to be sure before they share it with Jimmy Orr that uh, they want to be sure that this is the Holy Spirit leading them to say this to, to me. And so they'll come to me and they'll share something, and almost immediately, as they are sharing it with me, whether I like it, like what they're saying, or I don't, I, I realize from the Spirit bearing witness in my heart that what they're telling me is the truth and that it comes from the Holy Spirit leading them to speak to me. Usually it's from a very godly person, a person who has a strong walk with God, and God is in conversation with them, and, they, and He gives them something to share with me. Now again, just like the Holy Spirit speaking rarely, it's going to be rare that God sends someone to you with a specific message, but occasionally 
He will. So the Holy Spirit speaks through Scripture. He speaks through sensations in our mind and in our heart. And He speaks through uh, other people who care about us, who love us, who support us and affirm us and want to help us through life. So the first guideline is that the Holy Spirit speaks through various instruments. Guideline number two. The Holy Spirit abides by certain rules. The Holy Spirit abides by certain rules when he speaks to us. For instance, rule number one, the Holy Spirit will never contradict the attitude of Jesus. He will never contradict the attitude of Jesus. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see the attitude of Jesus toward people, the attitude of Jesus toward prayer, the attitude of Jesus toward even those who are sinful. Let me tell you something. Jesus loved people. He loved God the Father. He loved the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit, when He speaks to us, When he speaks to us, he will always speak in agreement with the attitude of Jesus and never opposes, never contradicts the attitude of Jesus, ever. John tells us in 1 John chapter 4, beginning of verse 2, he says, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. You ready for this? This is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that that acknowledges that Jesus has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. Rather, this is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard is coming and even now is already in the world. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He will always speak in a way that is in agreement with the attitude, the life, the ministry, the teaching of Jesus. All right, we're talking about certain rules that the Holy Spirit abides by. Number two, the Holy Spirit will never contradict a correct understanding of Scripture. The Holy Spirit will never contradict a correct understanding of Scripture. And the operative word there, and I want you to hear this, is the word correct. Because there are a lot, of, a lot of misunderstandings about Scripture. And so when you and I are looking at a passage of Scripture, we need to have the humility about us to realize, hey, I'm reading this, here's what I think it is saying to us, I could be wrong about this. We need to be very, very careful. I'll tell you, in our world, when there's so much polarization and extreme disagreement between parties in the United States and in the world, it's so often that I see us Christians, we'll jump on a particular scripture passage and we will understand it a certain way. And if we have a conversation with anybody, I mean, it's my way or the highway, you got to see it this way, or we're just going to be in disagreement and we can't be friends and all this kind of garbage. Let me tell you something. You and I need to be very, very careful about how we look at Scripture and seek to understand Scripture. You see, the same Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit who will never contradict a correct understanding of Scripture, the more we submit to Him, the more He helps us to have a correct understanding of that Holy Scripture. Okay? So we need to submit to Him So that he can give us that correct understanding and then he will never contradict a correct understanding of Scripture. Rule number three. We're talking about the rules by which the Holy Spirit abides as he speaks to us. Rule number three. The Holy Spirit always affirms people. I just stopped right there. Did you notice it? Let me tell you why. 
Because if you ever feel, if I ever feel, if we ever feel that the Holy Spirit is leading us to condemn another person, it's not the Holy Spirit. You can read the Bible. The Holy Spirit never, ever condemned another person. I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit did do. The Holy Spirit would point out sin, would expose sin. But the Holy Spirit would never do anything but affirm people. Think about Jesus again. The people that he had the worst problem with were not, were not uh, adulterers or, or people who run out uh, uh, on their uh, marriage relationships or rebellious children. The people that Jesus had the most problem with were religious fundamentalists. Those were the ones that he preached against the most, and yet... While he, he never condoned their, their extremism, he still affirmed them. One of these guys named Nicodemus came to Jesus in John chapter 3 in private by night. And even though he and the rest of his group were diametrically opposed to what Jesus wanted to do in his ministry, when Nicodemus came, Jesus took time to be with him even though he didn't have an appointment. He sat down with him. He was cordial toward him. Jesus affirmed people and the Holy Spirit will affirm people. Zacchaeus, you remember Zacchaeus? Luke tells us about Zacchaeus. He was a Jewish man who was in cohorts with the Roman government as a tax collector. The Roman government said, look, I want you, you're responsible for these households here, and you're supposed to uh, collect, let's say, $50 from each of the households. Well, what, what uh, Zacchaeus do, would do, he'd go to each house, and instead of charging them $50, he'd charge them $200. And he would give the Roman government their $50, and he'd keep $150. And, and as a result, he became very, very wealthy. And Jesus came to Jericho one day, and Zacchaeus, you remember, was up in the tree. You remember that? Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. <laughs> Climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. You've sung that. Probably didn't recognize my version of it, but. <laughs> Jesus comes by, and he could have blasted Zacchaeus. He could have looked up to him and said, man, you're the sorriest rascal I've ever seen. You know you cheat people. You know you robbing people. You know you're going to hell. He could have done that. But you know what he said? He came under that sycamore tree and he said, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I'm going to eat supper with you tonight. He affirmed him. Listen, if Jesus affirmed even the worst, what, what we would think would be the worst of people, then the Holy Spirit, who is the presence of Jesus, affirms who you and I might think are the worst of people. Because guess what? You and I are the worst of people. We're all in the same boat. The Holy Spirit affirms people. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, He's affirming people. And then the last rule is that the Holy Spirit promotes loyalty to the local church. I run into this a lot. I find people who all of a sudden God has told them to do something. And what he's told them to do basically is it, it, the act that they say that the Holy Spirit has told them to follow. Basically, they turn their back on the local church. Listen to me very carefully, ladies and gentlemen. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do anything that is disloyal to your local church. Will never do it. Now, don't, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit won't sometimes lead you to disagree with your pastor because your pastor sometimes is wrong and the Holy Spirit will lead you to disagree with him. But the Holy Spirit will never lead you to be disloyal to your local church. Not ever. 
Not ever. You say, how do you know that? Acts chapter 2 is the day of Pentecost, great feast of the Jews. It was on that day in in the book of Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit descended from heaven onto the local body of believers, which was 120 strong. And on that day, the Holy Spirit birthed the church. Listen, the Holy Spirit left heaven and came to earth for one and only one reason. You know what it was? To birth the church. Listen to this. The Holy Spirit loves the church. The Holy Spirit came here for the church. The Holy Spirit will never be disloyal to the church. And the Holy Spirit will not lead you to be disloyal to your local church. So if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to do something... Ask some questions. Is it leading you to affirm people? Is it leading you to live according to the personality and the attitude of Jesus? Is it leading you uh, in agreement with the correct understanding of Scripture? Is it leading you to build up your local church? Or is it leading you to do a little Lone Ranger stuff on your own? Guess what? The Holy Spirit doesn't like Lone Rangers. The Holy Spirit likes community. A community of faith. So don't come to me telling me that the Holy Spirit is leading you to do something that will, that will take you away from being loyal to His church because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at you and I'm not going to believe you. Alright. So the Holy Spirit speaks through various instruments. The Holy Spirit abides by certain rules. And finally, once you've gone through all of those, There are times when the only way to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you is to follow through on what you think the Holy Spirit is saying. That's why John said, in 1 John he said, test the spirits to see if they are from God. It's not very easy. Now sometimes it's very easy to know whether or not the Holy Spirit is speaking. Let me give you an example. R.J. McDaniel, Jason McDaniel, and Jack Miller and I, we work out early every morning at, a mutual fr- at, a ha- at the home of a mutual friend of ours. And one morning this week, this mutual friend, who is also a kind of our unofficial trainer, he had us doing squats. I hate squats. They are not from the Lord. <laughs> if you don't know what a squat is, you take a barbell... And it, you have these big weights on both sides of the barbell, and you put it by, on your back, behind your neck, and you go way down like this right here, way, way down, and then you make yourself come back up. I hate squats. If it's left up to me, we wouldn't do squats. Now, RJ, he is a squat machine, brother. I, I, only, I have to put like 25-pound weights or something, 35-pound on the end of the bar. I'm a wimp when it comes to squats. RJ, oh, no, no, no. He was squatting 185 to 95 pounds, just going down and up, down and up. This man's got legs that are machines. Now, he can't lift a Coke can with his arms, but his legs, <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, just unbelievable, right? So we did, we did a squat workout, and we were leaving there in Jack's vehicle, and R.J. makes a statement. Here's what he said. You, Jack will back me up on this. R.J. said, he said, man, he said, Love that squat workout. I wish I had a whole day just to do squats. I'm sitting in the back seat, and the moment I heard that, I thought, Holy Spirit didn't say that. (laughs) Holy Spirit didn't have anything to do with that. Holy Spirit doesn't do squats. That was a demonic statement. That was a demonic statement right there. It was. 
some things you just know the Holy Spirit has nothing to do with. I have two containers of water up here. You see them? Can y'all see them? Push this thing all the way down. I want you to imagine that these containers are people. You with me? People? Hello? What are they? Tell me. People. All right. And imagine that this little packet right here is the Holy Spirit. I'm going to show you the best way to put yourself in a position to discern what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. This is the Holy Spirit. Every Christian has the Holy Spirit living in him or her. Just like that right there. Both of these containers will have the Holy Spirit living in them. But in only one of them is the Holy Spirit unleashed to control what's going on in that person. Every Christian has this. But not every Christian has the Holy Spirit unleashed in your life. When the Holy Spirit is unleashed in your life, and you make the choice of doing that, when the Holy Spirit is unleashed in your life, and He's filling your life, I mean bubbling in your life, that puts you in the best position to understand and follow what the Holy Spirit is saying when the Holy Spirit speaks. Folks, I can't tell you how important it is for you to understand what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. If there's one thing that this church needs, it needs to be Holy Spirit filled. And that occurs when individual members who know the Lord become filled with the Holy Spirit by unleashing His power in your life. That's what God wants. Let's pray. Father, thank You for these good people who are patient while I preach. <laughs> but Lord, I pray for each one of us. What I pray is for us to be Spirit-filled. I pray that You would fill us with Your Spirit that we may glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>